good morning and welcome to the third week of our sermon series called Joseph. Say it with me. Joseph, Joseph. if you're new with us this morning, you are so welcome here. We are so glad you are here. If you have your Bibles, your cell phones, your iPads, whatever, I invite you to turn with me to Genesis 45. Genesis 45. As you are turning there, uh, if you have not been with us for the last couple of weeks, today we are finally concluding our three-week sermon series, which has turned into five-week sermon series. Uh, today, uh, uh, two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit showed up in a powerful way. And despite my best effort to preach, I, uh, I couldn't. So, rather than fighting God, because you all know how that, that would turn out, uh, I submitted to his plan. And uh, I think that uh, was a, a really good thing, don't you? <laughs> so, today, we are finally concluding our third week and final P, as in looking at Joseph in the light of his purity and purpose, we now turn to pardon. Say it with me, pardon. As we read the scriptures this morning, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, coming from Genesis chapter 45, maybe some of you are wondering, well, it's Advent season, <laughs> right, when we're concluding a sermon series on Joseph. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit kind of guides you and, and gets a hold of you, uh, we, Andrew especially, felt that um, beginning an Advent season talking about pardon mm. was very significant. And mm. he couldn't move away from this topic. Mm. And so uh, rather than jumping in with our own agenda, we felt like we should submit to the Lord's leading and bring the sermon to the congregation. So I invite you to open your heart today as you read the scriptures and as the scripture is read, that you will just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do that work in your own heart as well. Um, we all receive the pardon of the Lord, but we also uh, must now be the conduits of his forgiveness. And so as I read today, let us remember Joseph as an, as an example of pardon. This is what the scripture says in Genesis 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're here with us, that your Holy Spirit, Father God, is present in our midst. We thank you, Father, for this word, for the example of Joseph. Now, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you would be honest enough to say, there are times in my life when someone makes me angry. Someone makes me angry. Someone hurts me 
either unintentionally or intentionally, and I get downright upset, a bitter root growing in my heart. Maybe it's your five-year-old son <laughs> who runs over your foot with a bicycle. Maybe it's a coworker that just presses your buttons in all the wrong ways. Maybe it's your five-year-old son who runs back over your foot <laughs> with a scooter. Maybe it's your four, uh, 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 it use your four uh, neighbor's uh, giant German shepherd barking at 4 a.m., making your baby up. Maybe it's your five-year-old son running over your uh, uh, scooter for the third time. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> There are all sorts of things that hurt us, make us angry, makes us bitter. Undoubtedly, for most all of us, they run a whole lot deeper than an aggravating dog or an aggravating co-worker or your cute little five-year-old son. So what are some of those fruits? When we begin to consider the life of Joseph, we see perhaps three things here at play, even in his own life. The first one is that the tendency, our tendency is to build up walls, right? We, you know, we like to pretend that it doesn't hurt. It's almost like we want to sweep it under the rug, as if like nobody would notice that it hurt us. And we build up these walls. For some, you know, in, in, especially in like Joseph's case, it would appear that he seeks to emotionally distance himself from those who caused the pain. In chapter 42, verse 7, it says that he pretended to be a stranger and spoke, spoke harshly to his brothers. And so it's almost like covering up the pain. It's a human tendency that it's so easy. But you know what? Sweeping it under the rug doesn't make it go away, does it? In fact, at some point, you will have to throw your rug away because the dirt will pile up and make it like, okay, like you cannot hide it anymore. And at one point or another, you'll have to get rid of the rug altogether. The second thing that we tend to do is not just simply cover up the pain and pretend that it didn't hurt us, but for some others of us, we like to just get even altogether. It's almost like we want to repay the evil that's been done to us. Joseph, it's an interesting character because he kind of does this at one point. In fact, if you look at the story, in, I think it's chapter uh, 42, again, we find him that he throws his own brothers in jail for three whole days. They're put in custody. It's almost like saying, hey, you threw me in jail. Now it's my turn to, <laughs> to throw you in jail. Uh, until, of course, you know, he keeps Simeon in jail for a while longer. So it's not just simply hiding the pain, covering it up, and then wanting to strike back or get even. But there's a third thing that we often do. Third, we undermine them. We undermine them. We want the world to know the wrongs that we have experienced. Our friends, our families, our loved ones, they need to know what's been going on. The other day, uh, Lucas uh, came back home, my son Lucas came back home with, uh, from school with his glasses broken. I asked him, who broke your glasses, Lucas? Oh, some girl did it. I asked, did you punch her in the face? <laughs> I, just kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, no, just kidding. I didn't say that. I felt like, <laughs> I felt like this it could be a, a good teaching moment in Lucas's life. 
So I said, well, G uh, Lucas, Jesus says that we have to forgive each other even when they break our glasses. Did you forgive her? Well, not yet. Well, are you going to forgive her? Yeah, sure, Dad, but I'm going to wait until next week. <laughs> <laughs> then I will forgive her. <laughs> like Lucas, we, are, uh, we want to make them squirm for a little bit. Not for my sake, of course. It doesn't really bother me. But for others' sake, I just don't want it to happen to you. But you say, well, Andrew, I don't know. You don't know what I've been through. You can't imagine the pain that I have experienced. My situation is different. Many of us are going home for the holidays. And rather than being the most wonderful time of the year, it can be the most stressful time of the year. And there's someone or multiple someones who has drive you crazy, make your blood start to boil, make you bitter inside. And this morning, the Spirit would have us be completely transparent before him. I have prayed deeply for this portion of the message that the Spirit would cut through our own defenses, our own hardness of heart, that we would learn to ask ourselves the question and answer it honestly. What makes you bitter? What makes you angry? How do you respond? Maybe for you, it's a family member, the child without gratitude, the parent wasn't around when you needed him or needed her. Maybe for you, it's a spouse, it, um, a husband who seems emotionally distant, a wife who never seems so content. Maybe for you, it's a fellow church member or the church itself. I can't believe that they would treat me that way. If that, I'm never going back there, and that's how Christians are. Forget them. Maybe for you, it's yourself or God. Where were you, God? I trusted you with my life, and you let me down. And what's me have acknowledged it? What we're going to do is come in and do what only God can do. Bring a supernatural healing to replace our natural response. Rather than putting up walls, striking back, lashing out, we are going to ask God to bring about true repentance, true redemption, and true reconciliation. And so as we allow the Holy Spirit to prick our hearts and to reveal those areas in our lives, we must cooperate with him. And the first thing that we have to really come down to in this process of receiving the supernatural healing grace of God in our lives to help us forgive those who have hurt us is to acknowledge the pain. We sometimes want to glean over this, this, you know, this step, but it's very important. You must acknowledge that you are hurting. And acknowledging the pain leads us to become more human. 
Okay, because we are, we, we have that tendencies, those tendencies. So acknowledging the pain. Joseph in verse 4 says, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Mm -hmm. He acknowledges that he was hurt and that there's pain still, but he doesn't stay there. Mm -hmm. There's always the desire that we have to smooth things over, to act like it's all okay, to pretend like it didn't hurt us. But to, that robs us of the opportunity to express our pain and to seek out true forgiveness. So who has hurt you? Who, what have they done to you? As you are able, bridge that gap, drawing close to them and talking candidly about what happened. Allow the spirit to bring healing and reconciliation as you begin to recognize those areas where you're truly hurt. And second, we tear down the walls. We tear down the walls. Verse 4 in Genesis 45 says this, Jen Joseph said to his brother, come close to me. Come close to me. It may be hard for us to imagine how difficult it was for Joseph to utter these words. Come close to me. The last time his brother had been close to him, has been for the purpose of beating him, stripping off his clothes, throwing him into a well. The last time his brother has touched him and has been out of pure hatred, that he advised them to come close to him, weeps over them, and of pure love. And there's something, uh, as some of you said, bingo, that's me. I, someone hurts me, I'm out of here, out of sight, out of mind, not getting close to them ever again. Except it's not really true, is it? Just because they're out of sight doesn't mean they're out of minds. You carry them with you, and the hurt they cause you everywhere you go. And there's some of you that that God is saying to you, it's time to break down the walls. You look pretty good on the outside, but bitter roots grow under walls. Bitter roots get under walls. Now, please hear my on this. There are some of you that the hurt that you have experienced is physical in nature. A physically abusive husband, a physically abusive wife, some of you have even been the victims of sexual abuse. See, hear this. Don't put yourself in danger. Forgive at a distance. <laughs> Tell someone what's going on. Don't go and say, well, God it says to be, uh, get close to him and get him a hug and uh, get beat again. That's not what God says at all. Let someone help you. Drop the walls and uh, uh, let someone help you. But for others of us, God is asking you to pick up the phone, to write a letter, to sing a Facebook message, to set up the meeting time. Don't allow the root of bitterness to hold control any longer. And as hard as it is, that will be worth it to extend forgiveness to tear down the walls.
The third step is actually the hardest mm. in this process, but it's the most essential. Because you have to come to that point of where you, will you have to decide whether you will forgive forever, letting it go. And this is a, you have to cooperate with the spirit. He says, let it go, let it go. Like, give it, give it, give it to me. And the moment you open the hand and you release that forgiveness is the moment you begin ex to experience freedom in your life. And you know, we, we forgive because we have been forgiven. Mm. Sometimes I feel we get stuck in this area and we, we piled up all the hurts. And the moment that we decide to let it go forever, to extend the healing, for, uh, the healing grace of forgiveness, then the way that we have received it from God, it's the way in which we begin to step into the freedom that he has for us. Matthew 6 says this, 6, 14, and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow, that's, that's huge. <laughs> the biggest problem we have with forgiveness today is that we forget how much we have been forgiven to begin with. And maybe you haven't experienced that sense of, of forgiveness because you haven't come to the place of fully repentance or being completely submissive to, to recognizing your own uh, need to release forgiveness. And so the moment God reveals that to you is the moment you allow his forgiveness to come and then you can extend it unto others. Uh, it reminds me of the story of two monks traveling together. At one point, they came to a river with a strong current. As the monks were preparing to cross the river, that I saw a beautiful young woman also attempting to cross. The young woman asked if there was anyone to help her cross. Uh, the two monks looked at, uh, at one another, and because they had taken a vow never to touch a woman, then, without a world, the uh, older monk picked up this uh, woman and carried her across the river. Uh, the younger monk couldn't believe what has just happened. After rejoining his companion on the other side, he was speechless, and an hour passed without a world between them. Uh, finally, the younger monk could contain himself no longer. Ask monks, we are not permitted to touch a woman. How can you then carry that woman on your shoulders? The older monk looked at him. And with a smile, replied, Brother, I set her down on the other side of the river an hour ago. Why are you still carrying her in your heart? Why are you still carrying her in your heart? That is uh, some of us. A lot of us are. We just keep holding on to things. Things that were done to us a day ago, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, multiple decades ago. I know it because I've done it. I have a lot of time to think over these last 10, 11 months for too long. I have held on to bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. I was perfect. Everyone around me was not. 
the biggest offenders were the people that were closest to me. My wife, my children, and my parents. So I had to humble myself before them. Say sorry to them. Ask forgiveness of them. And there's nothing quite so healing Mm. and quite so humbling. Mm. uh, To hear at the time your four-year-old son say, Daddy, I forgive you. I forgive you. Not only that, but to the Lord himself, asking forgiveness for my pride, my arrogance, and do the no work in me, humbling myself, taking me lower and deeper. Lower and deeper. Lower and deeper. Maybe you're like me. Or maybe you have someone you need to forgive. Maybe it was recent. Maybe you held on to it for decades. It's time to let it go. You say, you don't know what happened to me, what I had to go through. And it's true, I don't. But I came across the, a quote this other week. Is this says this. Forgiveness is not an excuse for their behavior. Forgiveness is not an excuse for their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Mm. Forgiveness is not an excuse for their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Mm. The choice is simple. Jesus says, if you forgive anyone their sins, the Heavenly Father will give your sins. But if you do not, the Heavenly Father would not forgive your sins. The choice is yours. I'm going to invite all of you to stand. If something that has been spoken to you today hit home, in just a moment, I'm going to invite all of you to come to the altar with me. You say, I want to be free from bitterness. I want to be free from anger. Yes, I have a root of bitterness towards my spouse, towards my former spouse, towards ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, towards a parent, towards myself, towards God. And today I release my rights. Today I let it go. If the Father could give up His Son to forgive me, then I give up my unforgiveness to forgive the one who has hurt me. I want to be free. And so if you need forgiveness, no matter what you've done or where you have been, the altar is open to you. If you need to extend forgiveness to someone else, the altar is open to you. Remember, forgiveness does not excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents 
their behavior from destroying your heart. The choice is simple. The choice is yours. Come join me at the altar as the worship team sings. Thank <laughs> you.